Sometimes talking, top rope walking, ultimate exit, serious flexing, never be vague with your boy Craig, and opinion mixing from Peter Nixon, keep doing things in an impactful way, bloody nonsense as the Brits say, talking bloody nonsense. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's the M-I-C, Craig, a.k.a. Mr. Impact, <laughs> back once again, <sighs> talking bloody nonsense right here on the TNA IW channel. Join us always by the one and only Peter Nixon. It's a new week, it's a new impact, but first things first, <clears throat> Nixon, how's it going? Yeah, are you feeling all right, Craig? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, as I said off camera, I just come had a wrestling show on Saturday in PW in Stratford and shouted a bit too much at the heels, a bit too much at the, ref- at the referee for letting the heels get away with it. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, sore throat. Couldn't talk yesterday, but good to go today, just about. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get through this next hour and uh, then you can rest your voice a bit. Yeah, it's a good fun time. Definitely going to go back to PW. Like, or indie wrestling. Yeah, it was a very small venue, about maybe 50 people there, but probably one of the loud, loudest crowds I've been a part of for a while. It was nice. great. And uh, for those who saw my Twitter, I did indeed do a vlog of the show. We'll get a little uh, insight of my day leading up to the show. And at the show, you'll see some of the, you'll see, you'll see, in fact, you'll see all the entrances from each wrestler on the show, quite a few. But no more than 20 minutes, fun time. So when that comes out, I'll give, I'll let everyone know. But I guess we should get onto the impact stuff because, I mean, in a week there seems to be quite a lot of impact news going on. Yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today, haven't we? Woohoo, finally. Uh, so yes, yeah, get straight into it with our main headline. We have. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Just clear my throat and then we'll go. Let's go. There we go. Okay, it's not COVID I tested. Um, the main headline this week: WRC and Jay Whites are no longer part of Impact. In particular, WRC who wrapped up on last week's Impact, and Jay White uh, didn't specify it was done, done, but his time for now is done with Impact. But also, Jonah in a recent interview revealed that he is not done with Impact yet so first of all we're going to take on w morrissey leaving obviously we knew his contract was up at uh hard to kill i believe but sticked around for a little bit longer than most people expected but that and jay white being done but obviously in the recent space ace austin which we'll get into in in, in this first subheading what's your feelings on it is, do you think the jay white is done and morrissey are done or do you think the door is still open for them I think the door is 100% still open for both of them. Jay White obviously has the New Japan connection, so he could realistically come in, you know, come and go as he pleases. And, you know, the impact would be foolish to pass him up. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he'll he'll pop up, especially with more and more Bullet Club members on the impact roster. I'm sure we'll get round to that. Oh, yes, that's coming for sure. As far as Morrissey goes, um, I know his contract wrapped up. I think it was just before Rebellion, wasn't it? In April? Or was it before then? 
I'm it probably was Rebellion. I'm just thinking. I was, I was trying to remember what the last pay per view was, hmm. and it was Rebellion. So, yeah. So then. since then, he appeared on Dynamite, billed as an Impact Wrestling star when he was no longer under contract for them. So he still he obviously has a bit of um, loyalty to the brand and and pride about you know. He he really fell from grace, didn't he? When uh, he left WWE, got released, and um, he had some real issues. I, I know he had um, he had a fit at the yeah. at the ECW arena through yeah. uh, alcohol. Hardcore event. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the fact that he he bounced back. No, I mean no one would book him for a while. Then um, he started appearing on Gariato Pro. Doc, Doc Gallo's promotion. Um, yeah. Um, he, he was, uh, you know, he obviously had a good showing there, and Doc Gallo was putting a good word for him at Impact, and he came in. People weren't massively hyped straight away, but he really proved himself. And when he did that passionate promo at the ECW arena, people were really on his side. And then He's uh, since then he's sort of bounced around with different tag partners, Jordan Grace, Bupinder Gujar, and most recently PCO. Um, so he has, he's sort of been floating um, with no real direction. But who's to say, you know, a, a lot of Impact stars are working on uh, well, sort of handshake deals, aren't they? Not not signed. They're free agents that are coming in as and when um so i don't think morrissey is done done i think he'll still pop up now and then um and again you know scott demore would be foolish to turn him down because he's he's gone over again in impact yeah for sure i mean when morrissey first came in like some people were still unsure which you know i understand at that point he I think at that point it had been maybe a year sober, I think around that point. So, and he's this is his first major TV, major TV company appearance since his release from WWE. Which, I mean, it, it, when he was released, he was one of the very few not to be future endeavoured. He mm. didn't say we wish you well in future endeavours. That didn't happen for him, which only happened in rare occasions. So the fact that, that happened and then, you know, all the unfortunate stuff that happened after that with uh, Joe Janela and yeah. obviously at the ECW Arena, House of Hardcore event, all really, really unfortunate. But then, you know, he got a huge, huge road to redemption to come to Impact and debut in a match with, at that time, one of Impact's biggest new factions in environment design yeah then to go on to become a huge baby face a really over baby face which first came in no one really thought he'd be able to do he pulled it mm. off really well and it it wasn't it wasn't forced it, it became really natural it was organic feud, yeah yeah during his feud with moose it happened really well for him and he got over huge and some people were expecting him or thought he could have won the, won the world title at some point. Yeah. It's very, very believable. It's 
I don't say it's it's not a massive loss to impact in the sense of losing a big star, but losing see we also don't know if impact have lost in prop permanently, but impact have a impact do well when it comes to big guys. Like the history of big men mm. is is great. You know, you can go back to a bit, you can go back to whoever. Even Matt Morgan for all his faults was a got treated well as a big man with impact. Yeah. So I there's another big man. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's we could go on forever listening because they have had some of the very best in the business. But to see him go is a little bit I want to say sad because that's not the right word. It's not, it's not actually disappointing. It's I can't put it into words, but he's when he came to impact he was still on his recovery, you know, and still is on recovery. Hmm. But he's such, such a big part of Impact and has put the company over massively in his time. I mean, even when his contract was up, like he's he said that Impact's the best one. He's having Impact's been one of the best times in his career. Yeah, definitely. He's having he's having the best matches of his career in Impact. Yeah. I did read, I think it was on Fightful, that uh, when he rocked up on Dynamite, there were texts going around within WWE backstage crew. Have you That's seen it. this effing guy? So yeah. maybe he's uh, he's betting on himself, talking about Morrissey, seeing, you know, where he can go, um, you know, outside of Impact. I mean, he'll, I'm sure he'll always credit Impact for putting him back on the map. Um, but yeah, who's to say he won't rock up on Raw next week? That's the thing. You know, I I agree. I think he is now. He's he's betting betting on himself. Betting on himself. And you know, if he does show, go back to WWE, I hope it all goes well. I yeah. really do because Absolutely. he he's proved himself. He got away from Big Cass and. Hopefully he doesn't fall back into that big cast character again. Do you know why he won't fall into the big cast category again? No Enzo. He doesn't have to play second fiddle to Enzo anymore. He's his own man. Yeah, that's a really good point. He, if he shows up, I mean, he, if I'm pretty confident there's offers everywhere for him. Yeah. There must be. Because he's done such a great job of building himself back up with and you know impact obviously played a major part in it by giving him the opportunity to be able to prove himself once again so the fortunate is gone for now anyway it's it's not it's not going to buy its seed down the road yeah exactly and uh, it's, just, it's, it's the same with jay white he there's all especially now he'll he'll, he'll pop up back up again there's, there's no doubt my mind jay white will, will pop up again in impact Maybe, maybe not in the next few months, but certainly in the next few years. There's no doubt Jay White will back on impact, especially now Bullet Club has such a big part in impact. Mm. Before we move on to the Bullet Club news, uh, in, in the same category as Morrissey and Jay White, Jonah is saying he's not done with impact yet, which 
it's, it's, it's another good sign because I know he's concentrating on, on New Japan, but in America, and pretty much the rest of the world, because New Japan isn't as widely available to the rest of the world as Impact is or mm. B or AW is. But the fact that he says he's not done yet, that's that's a big, big deal because Impact are well known for their paper appearance deals. It's kind of been their thing for years. Yeah. You know, all, Impact work well with, with other companies. They always have. Yes, there was obviously that major, major fuck up with New Japan a few years ago. But that's all in the past now. So the fact that he's saying he's not done with Impact proves that Impact off couldn't be further away from where TNA was because people want to come back after the time is up. Yeah. I just think it's a huge, huge step. And anytime we get Jonah back in Impact, I'm all for because he was great. Exactly. He had a great, great run. Only six months or so. But he did some fantastic stuff. I'll never, for the life of me, forget that PCO match at Sacrifice. Probably my favourite match of the year so far. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, it was great. Like, Jonah is phenomenal, and I, I'm glad he wants to come back because uh, every Impact fan wants to see him back. And, you know, Impact aren't paying his wages full-time. They're only paying when he shows up. So Impact saves a lot of money, but they also get decent talent. Yeah. The women for both. Women for both. <clears throat> now, we'll go on over to our first hub heading, and it's it's a big one. I, I didn't see this news until Saturday after it happened on the Friday, because I was away. And I went on Twitter. Twitter's going crazy. And turns out it's because Ace Austin has joined Bullet Club. Ace Austin, the inevitable, inevitable one, is in Bullet Club. So, where's what's your obviously it's only great thing. What's your take on it when you first found out? Like, and especially uh, I think yesterday, Chris Bay sent out a tweet saying that he hasn't been on TV in a while. Now Ace Austin's in Bullet Club. I think there's something going on there, or or, or people reading too much into that tweet. What's your take on Ace and Bay and this whole Bullet Club situation? I found out Ace joined Bullet Club when he put out a tweet saying, "Gonna go and two sweet my homie Chris Bay." And I thought, right. uh, "What's happened here?" And then, yeah, looking at it, yeah, Ace Austin joined Bullet Club. Um, I don't know if he's a great fit for Bullet Club. I'll put it out there. Um, I'm sure he will do well in the Bullet Club faction. But I don't know. It just it caught me a bit by surprise, considering they've already got Chris Bay. They've already got um, Juice Robinson, the Good Brothers, Jay White. You know, I, I don't know if they need Ace Austin. Um, but they, they've obviously... You know, thought about it. They haven't made this decision lightly. Um, they've obviously got plans for Ace. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's really big news. As far as Chris Bay putting out that tweet about having not been on TV for a while, um, I think that was just a dig 
honestly, I don't think that was storyline related or, you know, setting something up for the future. I think it was just a dig. Um, yeah. Because I feel for Chris Bay because whenever he is on TV, he loses and yeah. he deserves better, honestly. You know, we are we are pro pro wrestling and specifically pro impact wrestling, but you know I'll say it when uh you know, when I don't agree with something, Chris Bay should not be losing as much as he does because he's a great talent. If it was a real fight he'd he'd probably win every match and you you're doing him a disservice and you're turning if he's putting out tweets like that, you know he's pissed off about something. And so if you piss the guy off, you stand to lose him and you can't be losing Chris Bay. He's too big of a talent. He's too important right now to the Impact brand. Um, we'll see where it goes. I might be, I might have been totally worked and I hope that's the case. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about it, Craig? In terms of Chris Bay, it's difficult because Obviously, Bullet Club can't win all the time. And when they're on impact, like, who gets pinned? Especially when it's the team of, I don't, for instance, go ELP, Jay White, Chris Bay, and Hikaleo. Who gets pinned in that group? You can make the case of Hikaleo. I would job Hikaleo out every time. <laughs> uh, okay, let's, okay, let's go with... Go Brothers, Jay White and Bay. It would, yeah, it has to be Bay, yeah. doesn't it? it has to be it's like he's, he's the Cody Dina of the group. Yeah, uh, but I would argue it hurts Bay a lot more than it hurts Dina. Exactly. Chris Bay, when he was brought in, is brought in as the future of the company, the star, the X Division star. The, I mean, he won the X Division title so quick when he first got there. Obviously, he'd been around a bit uh, leading up to that a few times. Um, I think just before homecoming in back in what, 2019, uh, he had a match in Vegas against Jake Crist for a qualifier match for the Ultimate X at, at homecoming, mm-hmm. which kind of thought he'd win that one, but and you realise when they're not signed, but they want to, to sign them, they don't win. Yeah. So, but you can see that was it. And then his match on, uh, it was Explosion still, against Luchasaurus. Got him over huge for the Impact fan base. But now, he's just, he's been, on TV, been off TV for quite some time, which is it's puzzling, considering you've got this Ultimate X, You'd thought Chris Bay would have a spot in it. Obviously, he has competed in the when that uh, multiverse of matches, but it seems like Chris Bay would have been a spot, had a spot in his match. Mm. Apparently, not. so uh, it, it's difficult. But as far as Ace and the Bullet Club goes, I'm all for it. Ace Austin, he is that arrogant heel that suits the Bullet Club. He is that guy you love to hate. I, I really, Bullet Club is the cool thing. Like they're heels, but no one sees them as that. They want to be like them. That's Ace Austin. He's X Division champion. 
you know, the first ever current reigning Impact Champion to be in Bullet Club. Be inducted in, not be original member. Yeah. Obviously, you've got the Titan Champions and you've got AJ Styles, but <clears throat> as in current Exodus Champion, is the first. Yeah. And I I do think he's a good fit. Obviously, only time will tell. And he's, I believe he's got a match at Dominion, a six man tag at Dominion with ELP and Ishimori. I think against the, the, United, the United Empire, I think. I need to double check right. on that, but I think it's against the United Empire. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Aussie Open, I think. Okay. Oh, that'd be good. I, I may have misread the opponents, but I, I, know, I know that's who they turned on, or who Ace joined the book club against. It was mm-hmm. Jeff Cobb and a great O'Khan and someone else, I think, from the United Empire. But I'm all for it. I think Ace is a credible talent and yeah that's not in question but who fits bullet club more chris bay or ace austin if we go on that list alone chris bay yeah exactly so why does ace need to be in bullet club tell me this craig <laughs> it's, it's a good point no it is <laughs> I, I really i, I get, do get where you're coming from because as a fan and not as a fan who is trying to like notice stuff, just like I'm not trying to ask this, ask that. As a fan, just enjoying the product, I think Ace is a great fit. He you do you do really well at Bullet Club. Um, yeah, I'm sure he will, but I think he can stand alone. I don't think he needs to be in a faction. No, I I, I get that. He he's done such a great, great job of. I mean, he's basically done this done, done this on his own. Mr. Rice actually by himself. Yeah, he had fought on Jordan for a little bit, but besides that, he got noticed by Impact based on his talent, and then came to Impact, won the Exodus Championship, competed for the World Championship, nearly won the tag team titles, back to the Exodus. I think it was an Exodus for half of the year. No, the first two months of the year, and mm. one Exodus star of the year. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I get that completely. Ace. But I think in terms of his character, I think he'll do really well at Bullet Club. I'm sure he will. Yeah. But no, I I do see where you're coming from that. He doesn't necessarily need Bullet Club, but being part of Bullet Club can only be a plus. Merch will fly off the shelves. There's no doubt. Big thing for his wrestling CV. Yeah, and club. exactly, and and on top of that, it helps impact as well. Yeah, he's yeah, ex- yeah. champion, and he's part of the biggest faction in the world today. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I can't wait to see the first lot of Bullet Club Ace Austin shirts. I would, because the the Finesse Club was an awesome shirt. So I'm interested to see the Ace Austin Bullet Club shirt. I think probably inev- inevitable club. Or was that too wordy? It doesn't it's come off the tongue, does it? No, because it can't use the ace because um Tam Yes, and I think uh who else used ace? I think another member of the book uses ace as well. And then in their name, I think maybe Chase Owens, whatever thinking that. Okay. I think Chase Owens has something like that. So it's be difficult and Austin Club isn't gonna go down very well. 
So it'd be interesting to see how. But I, th- I think more, it will more likely be inevitable club, which <laughs> I know is not going to be great. But hey, but I, I want the I want, I want the ASOS and Bullet Club uh, card. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> great! I want that. Yeah, thought they were great. And in Japan, I mean, it's only doing well for him in Japan because some bar in Japan named the drink after him. I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's already. I mean, the online re- reaction to Ace Austin, the best of Super Juniors, has been so fucking good. People in Japan have loved him. Yeah. And it's gotten Japan fans, fans New Japan who live in Japan asking where they can see Impact. And that is fucking great. So I'm I'm all for it. You know, I think this. I think it's it'd be interesting to see where Ace and Bay go as part of Impact in Bullet Club. Mm. They're feuding only a few months ago. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing it because it's going to be so good. And Ace's first time back in Impact. It's part of, part of Bullet Club in the Ultimate X. And that is great. I can't wait. I wonder if they're going to, I hope they're going to do something with his music like they did the bass. Yeah. Interesting because, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I think Ace will do well. Helps Impact. Bullet Club are on fire at the minute. I mean, uh, Jay White potentially going to become the IWGP World Champion. Carl Anderson is going to potentially become the uh, never never open champion. Yeah. Juice is already the, Juice is already the United States champion. You got uh, Ballet Farley and Chase Owens as the heavyweight tag team champions, and Ishimori as the junior heavyweight champion. Ace Austin's division champion. Well, what's not to like about that? <laughs> Bullet Club are back and they're on fire. Yeah, they haven't been as significant uh, uh, since the elite. Since, yeah. Cody, since Cody and Kenny. The Elite really hurt them by leaving, but now they're back, they found their identity again, and a lot of that is was helped by Impact. I think Impact helped a lot when it comes to that, with the stars they've brought in for Bullet Club. Yeah. Works both ways for both of them, and can't wait to see what happens. Especially with Bay and Ace because that's 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 super intriguing, and at least it'll give Bay a way back on TV. So I'm all for that. <clears throat> now let's take it to our second subheading, which of course is the re-preview. We're going to take a look at uh, last week's Impact. Before we do that, let's take a little walk over onto the power rankings. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know. If you're only part of the rankings committee. Hit one of us up from the channel, we'll, we'll add you in and just take it over to the power rankings. Number 10, Moose. Number 9, World Champion Tasha Steels. Number 8, DMC Rich Swan. Number 7, Tag Team Champions The Briscoes. Number 6, Mia Yim. Number five, X Division Champion Ace Austin. Number four, Sammy Callahan. Number three, Steve Macklin. Number two, World Champion Josh Alexander. And you, number one, Honor No More. 
and we're back. So now it's time for the review of the part of the re-preview, pre-review, whatever it is at the minute. Uh, we started off with knockouts action. Well, first we had uh, Alicia defeating Renee Michelle on BTI. Uh, and Marta Slavich came out, handed an envelope to Alicia, found out what, what was backstage. And it basically means Marta's targeting Lish next, which should be interesting. But on the on Impact itself, we opened up with knockouts action between Mia Yim, who defeated Savannah Evans. We then had Kenny King retain his place in the Ultimate X by defeating Blake Christian. Then it was announced the next competitor in the Ultimate X is former AEW, now free agent, Jack Evans. I nearly forgot his name. <laughs> I nearly forgot his name. Jack Evans. Jack Evans. Jack Evans. Yes, Jack Evans. <laughs> and I, I was thinking I had a code, but no, Jack Evans. <clears throat> then we had the new digital media champion of Rich One defeating Matthew Raywalt. Uh, we then, it was then revealed that Marcia Marsh, Slavovich is now challenging Alicia. We had a little face-to-face, little back and forth between the Good Brothers and the Briscoes. Then, in tag team action, OGK, on and more, uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett defeated Heath and Rhino. Before on and more, took out Rhino with a steel chair shot to the leg, or the steel chair shot trap, whatever it was, to leg. Uh, then at the ambulance, as Rhino had been taken away, Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Chris Sabin, Alex Shelley, and Scott Demore. Scott saying you can have the rest of Honor Demore, apart from Kenny King, at some anniversary, but it's uneven. Go out and find two partners, but they have to have been an impact. And I'm super excited to find out who it is. Um, then, then in the main event, had Moose and Macklin uh, defeating W. Morrissey and PCO, with Morrissey putting Macklin over on his way out. Which it has to be done so it's full respect to him but yeah what was I mean yeah what did you first of all what did you most enjoy about this show because it was very stacked again I enjoyed the main event the tag match that was really cool um this standard PCO action just wild diving brawls missing moonsaults um you know all the stuff I love about PCO uh, I thought Swan and Ray Walt had a good one. Um, interested to see uh, the Masha Alicia fight. Yes. You know, it's going to be a squash. Um, yeah. uh, probably shorter than the Havoc match. Exactly what I said when I first saw it. Um, I liked Heath and Rhino against OGK. Uh, and I liked the, the fact that they took out Rhino, leading to. The um the five one five slam anniversary, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we can speculate all day long about who the final two participants are going to be. Um, I was chatting to Alec Burnett, the DOA Booker man, and he has suggested Christopher Daniels and James Storm. And I honestly can't think of two better candidates. Nah, nah, I'm that. Yeah, if um if it's those two that are chosen, absolutely fantastic. I, I, that's uh, probably the match I'm most looking forward to 
a slammiversary. Yeah, I, I'm here for that. Because, but do you want the parts to be revealed before slammiversary, or do you want to go to slammiversary and be surprised? I think it would benefit Impact to reveal them beforehand, because right. last time they left it up to to a surprise at Rebellion, it was underwhelming. And in fact, it wasn't even a surprise. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would prefer them to be revealed, honestly. Yeah. I, Unless you've got something fucking huge in your back pocket, like AJ Styles or something, which they don't, which they, they, they won't do. Nah, but I, maybe it could be someone from WWE, not necessarily AJ Styles. But, you know, there's always Pete Williams. Surely something could happen there with Pete Williams for the night. Not yeah, off- I think that would be underwhelming. Yeah? Yeah. Because he was only an impact like a year ago. That's, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. But also there is, as well, the Monster Abyss, which would be great. That would be very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they've got Kazarian already, then there's always a chance of getting someone on the AEW roster, like Samoa Joe. That would be a really cool surprise. Honestly, I think, obviously, I have no idea, but I can only hope. I I would assume Daniels is an 85% possibility. He's got to be a pretty high chance it could be Daniels, but you know, there's no guarantee of anything. So, but it could go on and on about who it could be. I know who I don't want it to be. Shark Boy. I <laughs> see. Didn't you? Didn't you have to say it? I know that's exactly who I don't want it to be. And I, I honestly will be annoyed if it is with the teams <laughs> backstage. Like, <laughs> oh, I've head, and it's not a good feeling. But anywho, we'll move on. Um, yeah, great impact. I've loved King of Kings to Blake Christian. Yeah, hell of a match. Scott, sign Blake. Sign him. What are you waiting for? Mm. I, I 100% agree. Um, we talked about it last week, didn't we? Um, I would love to have seen Blake Christian qualify for Ultimate X, but not at the expense of Kenny King. So, okay. yeah, good to see Kenny King go over, retain his spot. I feel bad for Blake Christian because he's no, he, no real shot at being on the pay-per-view. But, yeah, carry on carry on using him because he's so good. He was good before he went to WWE. Now he's he did his little stint there. He's back uh, on the indies. He looks, you know, he's improved his body. He's got better gear. And he's, he's just an all-round better worker. So, yeah, if a big company doesn't snap him up soon, there's no justice in the world. Yeah. And I, I did see on the TIW group chat with uh, Jeff saying that Blake Christian gives him, I quote, does Blake Christian give anyone else Mr. Impact Craig vibes? What? <laughs> I don't know. I'll take it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll only take it. But... I, there's a, a very, very vague <laughs> resemblance, but... <laughs> that's like saying I don't know I, I can't even make a comparison that's like saying I look like Brian Danielson 
I mean, you know, Blake Christian is dating Cora Jade, so I will 100% take that. I will 100% take that. Yeah, let's go. I feel sorry for Blake Christian. Um, because I've been told I look, I look like uh, Steve from American Dad. Does that mean he looks like Steve from American Dad? Yes, yeah, I, I see that. If you took the beard off, yeah, I can see yeah. that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I got that a lot in school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all in all, a, a great impact show, like it always is. The TV never really misses. Impact in general don't really miss. Yeah. yeah, there's some things you may not enjoy, but there's something for everyone. I enjoyed every bit, every, every bit of it. Nothing that I could fault on it. It's just great. I mean, no real surprises in the match results, but it was still a great show. And can't wait for. I hope. I wonder if they're going to announce the next member of the Ultimate X on tonight's show, tomorrow's show, t- tonight. If you're watching, if you're watching it on YouTube. Now, but, regarding the final entrant in Ultimate X. I would be fine if they left that up for a surprise. Yeah, that's fair. And they brought in someone like Loki or Amazing Red. See, now, this goes to uh, references to our final 10, but I wonder what Matt Bentley's up to. I wonder. You want to see the Bentley bounce? I mean... I don't know if he wrestles anymore, honestly. I know he's still around somewhere, but I don't know if he's wrestling. They busted for the old uh, the one night only shows. Yeah, that's like about ten years, ago. ten years ago. Yeah, about ten years ago. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, but he's uh, Shawn Michaels' cousin. I don't know if you're aware of that. They never mentioned it. I just want people to know. <laughs> yeah, um, Joey Styles used to say about him on MLW. You know, um, he's the cousin of you know, Michael Shane, the cousin of Shawn Michaels. They might as well have just gone the full hog and called him Shane Michaels. Might as well, I don't <clears throat> But anywho, that was Impact from last week. Now I'll take it over to the preview. Only a half of much has been announced, like there usually is for Impact. But uh, we go in with what I assume will be the main event of Josh Alexander taking on Joe Doring. Then we have a banging, banging six-man tag with Eddie Edwards and the OGK of Arnold and Moore taking on Kazarian and Motor Seat Machine Guns. We also have Steve Macken versus PCO and Rosemary taking on Tenille Dashwood. Then on BCI we have Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice, the Swinging Dice Connection, as they'll forever be called by me, taking on Decay of Crazy Steve and Black Toe Roos. What what are your thoughts on the on the tonight's show? Again, it's it's really really solid. Um, <laughs> I've got lots of thoughts. Um, obviously, I'm looking forward to Macron and PCO. That's um, you know without a shadow of a doubt, that would be something I'm really looking forward to. Um, Josh and Joe Doring bound to be an awesome host fight. Yeah, where have Swinger and Ziggy Dice been? They haven't been on TV longer than Chris Bay. And I was really looking forward to seeing where the swinging, the, the swingers dungeon, where that story went, because that was entertaining stuff. Yeah, they yeah. On TV. So it'd be cool to see them back in the fold against Decay, um, even though it is on BTI. I'm going to go 
yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be another awesome show. Always is. Um, yes. 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 Ma- Macron and PCO going to be a banger. Yeah. I'm really, really invested in Macklin now, as I have been for a while. But since his, since teaming with Team Impact at whatever special it was, they've all bled into one now in my mind. Um, that special then just it's been just been kicking off massively i'm here for all of it mm. his exhibition feud with trey was great and now it seems like they're pushing him into the world title picture slowly but surely he's edging his way to the world title picture they beat morrison on his way out i think big things are coming for steve macklin and i'm here for all of it pco like a lot of people max weren't too sure about him coming in, but he's proved himself that he's he's still he still can do what he does best. And uh, if you read his recent interview with uh, What Culture or Russell Talk, one or the other, I forget which, uh, his, his contract runs up in October. But obviously, it's an impact that could sign him at any point, so we don't know what's going to happen there. And well, if, um, if PCO is finishing up. At October, that's when Bound for Glory is. Imagine the the craziness. Whatever he does at Bound for Glory, what right. you know, what the the kind of match he does, the kind of entrance he does. I'll never forget at Madison Square Garden. Um, they did the electric chair with uh, Destro, you know, trying to revive him with the uh, the car battery. Yeah, Fantastic yeah. stuff. It's great. Um, also, we have Rosemary and this is Tennille. Uh I think Jeff kind of alluded to it on the mothership. What's really going on with the women's tag team of Decay with Havoc and Rosemary? Havoc seems to have banished on TV for a bit, but still trying to looks like trying to set up another uh, knockouts tag team title match. But Havoc not around. What's really going on there? I I don't know. It's difficult to really see. Yeah. Um. Well, ever since two weeks ago, when Havoc lost convincingly to Masha Slanovic, there's been you know a sort of I don't know how to describe it. Uh, the, uh, friction between Rosemary and Havoc. Yeah. Maybe? Um. The case that really really frustrated with that loss. Yeah. And I think it's Havoc more disappointed in herself and Rosemary trying to, you know, rally the troops, but it's, it's not working. I see that's how the, the storyline is going to, you know, develop over time. And then maybe Havoc leaves, goes on her own path, and then maybe Rosemary can start teaming with Tyre again or, you know, do something else. But then if Decay split up, you've literally only got one tag team. In yeah. the uh, knockouts division. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, mention there of Tyre. Funny thing, uh, months ago, uh, years ago, when Impact were doing those uh, online like live auctions, so if you can buy eight by tens, they'll be signed live on the, on, the, on, yeah. the, on the Facebook Live. I brought a uh, Rosemary and Tyre eight by ten. Yeah. And I, I, I already knew Tyre was leaving to go to WWE at this point. But I had them sign it at this time of Mr. Impact Block from the future tag team champs. 
This is just before Hard to Kill. And I want that to become a reality. I have, I'm looking at them right now from the future tag team champs. I'm down for that. Absolutely. I, I want that to become a reality. But maybe I was there. Uh, what's the one looking for? Um, I, I was looking into uh, Jeff's crystal ball there. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe soon. But yeah, Impact looks really, really fucking good. Like, so good. And I'm here for absolutely all of it. Alexander and Doran would be great. Eddie and OGK. Three great, great talents there. Three, like, there's no, if, if, if Bennett became world champion, Tomorrow, I would be disappointed because he's, he's great. I really like my Bennett. So it's more, more for that. Uh, Kaz, Mercer Machine Guns, it, that just screams TNA. And mm-hmm. I'm here for every bit of it. Mac and PCO, we know it's going to be great. Uh, and Rosemary Tire, Rosemary Tenille, good. I'll say good. Um, I like Rosemary a lot. Tenille, I like as a character, but the match should be good. Yeah. We know they can go, we know they can both go, so. Yeah, absolutely. But this might be the first time in a few months I tune into BTI, though. <laughs> I haven't watched BTI in a while because I, I'd say I'm going to stay up and watch BTI, then watch Fruits of Impact, but it, finishes, it all finishes at three in the morning and I'm shattered. So I get up early, but I, I don't watch BTI because I don't like the... I've already watched it for a week before, week before. I don't need to see a recap again. Yeah, and George Iceman, it's all stuff we already know. So I, I just don't see the point in his little segment. Yeah. I mean, all it is is in town to follow us and, and then rumours we've heard. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'll go watch BTI. But I know I'm going to watch the swinging dice connection lose. It's unfortunate. You never know. Okay, I may not know, but there's that feeling. <laughs> like, it's probably going to happen, but I'm going to watch and just watch everything crossed. You're the authority on uh, tag team predictions, so I think, uh, yeah, you're yeah. probably right there. I want to be wrong. I really want to be wrong. <laughs> But now, I mean, we have a final 10 segment, but I imagine it's going to take longer than 10 minutes. So let's take it to the final 15 minutes. Why not? Final. Yeah. Uh, and then add five. Self <laughs> um, high five. Um, do you want to go ahead and introduce the segment since it came from your mind? Yes. So. Years ago, um, myself, James Nilke O'Hagan, Fifi, and BBC Radio Norfolk's Rob Butler used to do a, a podcast called Wrestling For All. And I came up with a segment for it called The Rose Tinted Review. And we would each pick a show um, each week. Um, so we would do one show per week. And it was uh, the first wrestling show that you remember 
or the first show that you had on video, the first show you stayed up and watched live. Um, so we did a few. Um, the, my first one was In Your House 6. Uh, no, 7. 7. Good Friends, Better Enemies. Uh, the main event was Shawn Michaels versus Diesel for the world title. It's the first show I ever had on video. Um, so, yeah, fond memories for me. But uh, the rose-tinted review is you go back and watch these shows and see if they still hold up however many years later. Uh, so it's something that I've wanted to do on this channel for a long time, and I'm glad we're finally getting able to go ahead and do it. So the show that I have chosen for uh, our, our first rose-tinted review is Unbreakable from 2005. Obviously, we're sticking with the Impact Wrestling slash TNA theme. Um, and the story behind why I chose Unbreakable is because in September, well, August, September 2005, I was in South Africa. Uh, I was 18 years old and I was doing a bit of traveling before going off to uni. And we were staying at um, my friend Paul. Uh, he and I were traveling together. We we're staying at Paul's uh same with Paul's family in Sun City, um, where the WWF have done some shows over the years. It's like 1996, Brett wrestled Steve Austin for the first time. Um, so uh, I was just looking at through the TV um, and I noticed that uh, this certain sports channel was showing Unbreakable. Um, and since South Africa, uh, I think they're one hour ahead of us. So it came on at two in the morning till 5 a.m. Uh, and I thought, yeah, I'm going to stay up and watch this. I looked at the card and the card was stacked. And there were so many matches that I thought, yeah, I am down for that. So, uh, yeah, I stayed up and watched it and was not disappointed. Um, as you'll probably know if you're TNA fans, it featured the match that is widely regarded as the best match in TNA history. And I was privileged to be able to watch that live um, in <laughs> South Africa. So, yeah, uh, shall we go ahead and run down the card and and see if it lives up to, uh, you know, how I remember it so fondly? Yeah, so I'll uh, run, give, run down the complete card and then we'll just jump right into what we'd like to buy matches etc at moments let's let's, let's talk about it match by match so let's you know say a match and then talk about it all right okay that's cool um so we started off with the diamonds in the rough uh david young in skipper and simon diamond taking on not one not two but the three live crew of conan bg james and our truth wrong killings i mean first of all Elite Skipper. What a talent. But then you have the three life crew. Like, so much in there. If it's gone, have, have that this, this match because, I mean, <laughs> where do you even begin? I, I thought there was a really fun short opener. It got the crowd up, you know, set the pace for the rest of the show. You know, people were into 3LK in 2005 i want to talk about the impact zone 
because this is the glory days of the impact zone you, you know you, soundstage 21 universal studios in orlando uh the crowd was so hot throughout this show and the the product wasn't even on tv at the time this was the transition period between fox sports net and spike tv so impact would air on the internet every week so i don't know the viewership numbers but they couldn't have been all that and no. you know the fact that the people however many 900 people in the impact zone were so hot for this product it just it goes to show that um the product was hot wrestling was hot in 2005 um yeah. so yeah that, uh, that really blew me away the um the opening package to introduce the pay-per-view was awesome so good and it's so something good. that i think impact have always done really well ever since they brought in david sahadi you know as i think they do it better than certainly better than aew and i think they even do it better than wwe the pay-per-view intros yeah. i think they're so awesome yes yeah um, yeah i really enjoyed the first match yeah great match i mean Dumbers and Ruff were an interesting faction there, like in, in general. I mean, Alex Skipper was, was really the only standout at that point, and by then he'd already done the cage walk. Yeah, that was a year previous. So, yeah. So, but prime time Alex Skipper was insanely good and does not get enough love for how good he really was. Absolutely. I feel for prime time. Um I think he must have been on some, maybe some performance enhancing uh, yeah. substance because he, he dropped a load of muscle really suddenly because he was so jacked when he did that cage walk. And then a year later, he just he's not the same person, it feels like. He's still, he's still a great wrestler, you know, throughout his career. But yeah, he just... Didn't even look like the same guy. As I mean, I've obviously I've, I've seen Alex Skipper. I've seen all the stuff you need to see for Alex Skipper. But unfortunately, there's not a lot. Mm. When, when you think, oh, you need to check, check this out. There's only a handful of things you need to check out for Alex Skipper, and a cage walk is a big thing. It's 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 the one that gets replayed every every time Impact one of overhype something or really hype up something it's a cage walk yeah but such a good rest then and should have had more runs as an ex division champion should have should have should had a run as an ex division champion a run no i was, I was thinking of sonny siaki no mm. so oh, damn yeah um but no it, yeah really short match but a good match and yeah three hour k Okay, we're, we're, we're great. I know this wasn't the best time for BG James, but like three hour K was great. Yeah, and it, it really worked with the charisma they have between those three. So much charisma and talent as well. Mm -hmm. Killings, even now, is super athletic and can really can really can really go. They all yeah. can, and they're yeah. all and they're all great. Truth and Conan Moore as singles wrestlers, 
but tag team singles, they're all great. So, of course, great match to start off with. Then we went to Austin Aries, who defeated Roderick Strong in 2005 in TNA. I mean, just just wow. The crowd, wow. Like I said, the crowd worked so into it. And uh, Mike Tanay, legend, as well as Don West, made, 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 made the point that the TNA fans asked to see more of these two. They asked to see more of them, and TNA delivered. And, uh, you mentioned as well that they were both in a faction of Ring of Honor at the time. Yeah. But who would have guessed that from there, Austin Aries would go on to do what he did in Impact TNA? Obviously, from the high, high, to, from from option C to the world title, to then obviously the way he went out mm-hmm. after Battle Glory. But it's even Roderick Strong, like, no one would have guessed at that point that he'd go on to be part of one of the biggest factions in NXT history. So it it was such a good match as well. Both hadn't both were just about to hit their prime. Yeah. And but it was still it's such a good match. It was because for a lot of these people on this card, they hadn't quite hit their prime, but they were on the verge of hitting it. Exactly. I think Aries and Strong have worked each other a few times over the years or in singles, tags, whatever. So they basically took all of their greatest hits and can confined them to this six or seven minute match and the crowd was so into it you know like you said um basically before the sacrifice pay-per-view which was the pay-per-view before this uh tna put on um on their website a vote who do you want to see from ring of honor to wrestle christopher daniels at sacrifice and it was austin aries roderick strong Jay Lethal and Matt Seidel, and Aries won the vote. Um, so Aries wrestled Christopher Daniels. They had a really good match, and then yeah, randomly they announced for Unbreakable, Austin Aries versus Roderick Strong, X Division Showcase, and yeah, it, it did wonders for both of them. They both stuck around. They um, started this uh, faction with Alex Shelley, which is like a uh, a reformation of. Generation Next in Ring of Honor. Yeah. You know, it was cool at that time to see TNA and Ring of Honor rebuilding their working relationship after the stuff with Rob Feinstein happened in 2004. If you don't know about it, look it up. I, I don't have time yeah. to tell you about what happened there. Um, yeah, so nearly two years down the line to see TNA and Ring of Honor working together again, um, talent exchanges and that was really, really cool as a wrestling fan. Yeah, it was great. Um, then we went on to tag team action. Two teams, I mean, two very unique teams in Kip James and Monty Brown, uh, who defeated the team of Apollo and Lance Hoyt. It was originally supposed to be Apollo and Senesiaki, uh, but Kip James and Monty Brown took out Senesiaki and came out with a neck brace. Mm. It was replaced by Lance Hoyt, who was so over. And I said, you know, this is before he really figured out what he was about mm. and was as a performer. It's completely different to Lance Archer, as yeah. we see him today. Lance Hoyt 
it's over. You even saw Hoytomania teachers in the crowd. Like, I mean, but the team of Kip Jones and Monty Brown, Monty Brown, we said it about Eric uh, Skipper, but Monty Brown should have been world champion. Everyone says it, everyone knows it, but wasn't. Took TNA a long time to pull the trigger, and when the fans said they're going to, off he pops to WWE, ECW. Yeah. Yeah, poor old Monty Brown. I feel so bad for him. You know, he he took a he bet on himself. Uh, I'm I'm sure it would have worked out in WWE eventually, but then he had uh, a family situation, and he he left WWE, and I don't think he ever came back to wrestling. Uh, um, it would be very very cool to see him pop up again at the anniversary. I know a lot of people have asked for it, so that yeah. that would be. I mean, he he probably wouldn't wrestle. But just to see him make an appearance would be fantastic. And you know he'd get a huge pop in Nashville. Yeah. And surely he, he could pounce somewhere. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> One more time. Exactly. That would be so cool. Yeah. Uh, this match Great. was fine. You know, we're, yeah. we're going back and looking at this uh, pay-per-view through the rose-tinted glasses. You know, the... The three OK Diamonds in the Rough match was fine. You know, looking back on it after 17 years. The um, strong and... Uh, impact Dynamite, whatever you want, and it's a great match. Uh, this was... It was what it was. It was fine. You know, I, I don't, it didn't blow me away in 2005. It didn't blow me away in uh, 2022 either. Nah. It, it was... A decent tag match, and I think, yeah, I mean, um, Apollo seems to disappear as well. Like, like he, I mean, was, he got he got kind of treated as kind of a big deal in the first place by Impact. Yeah, but he never really took off, which was no, it didn't happen. But he had zero then, charisma, and then I never quite forgave him for nearly killing Scott Steiner. Well, there is that. <laughs> then we moved on to uh, extras in uh, action Chris Sabin who defeated Peter Williams but was originally supposed to be Chris Sabin versus 1000% uh, guapo shocker there we go but Chris Sabin and Peter Williams what's that to like they would have had a better, <laughs> they, they had a better match than Sabin versus shocker would have been absolutely and Sabin winning because uh, Team Canada, uh, spoiler alert, only picked up one win on this card. They had three matches. But, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and then Can't we saw uh, Matt Bentley come back, didn't we? Yes, yes, Matt Bentley. And they set up for the Ultimate X at Bound for Glory. It's the first Bound for Glory as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's cool. Then we went to... Uh, uh, a no DQ match between Abyss and Sabu. Again, there's not much more you could expect from those two. They they delivered on what the what what the match was meant to do. Yeah. Great. Um, I loved the Abyss Sabu saga. Yeah. I mean, I think they had three pay per view matches that year. Um, you know, singles matches. Yeah. I think that they did. They did Unbreakable when they did 
Genesis and then Turning Point. And they also wrestled in the uh, Monsters Ball at Bound for Glory. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Turning Point was Barbed Wire Massacre. So it was cool to see the first pay-per-view match, you know, back at Unbreakable. Um, yeah, exactly what you expect. Tables, thumbtacks, you know, Sabu doing crazy dives and and all that. I loved it. Yeah. It, it did what it needed to do and it did it very well. Like only, like only those two can. Exactly. I love um, Sabu. I know um, he's a uh, a point of hilarity at times for all the the botches but the stuff he did you know throughout considering how long his career has been yeah such an innovator and such a you know what's the word i want portfolio of crazy matches i've got a lot of respect for sabu yeah and for someone who puts his body through the stuff he puts his body through. Exactly. Ha- hasn't really aged terribly. Not really. <laughs> just exactly the same. Mm. Also, you put picture in picture, you can you can see where he has aged over time, obviously. But it's it's not noticeable when you, when you see him. It's just in a random match somewhere, like even today. Yeah. Like so, very good. Um, then we had, I mean, Bobby Roode versus Jeff Hardy. If, if you'd have told those two that in 10 years, 10 years later, they'd be uh, facing to him for the, for, the, for the World Championship and Bobby Roode would be going in as the longest reigning World Heavyweight Champion in the company's history, that would last till this day. I don't think, I don't think anyone believed it back then. They, they wouldn't have believed it back then. But uh, all in all, a, a, a great match, my perspective, with the interference by Pete Williams, which then led to the interference of Jeff Jarrett. He did Bobby Roode pick up the, picking up the victory. Yeah. Bit of a transition period for Jeff Hardy because he'd just come back from suspension. I think he missed hard justice. Um, I, don't, I can't remember the specifics. Um, but yeah, he was suspended. He came back and, um, and rightly so, he put Bobby Roode over. I know there was a bit of a dog and pony show with um, A1 interfering and I think Eric Young and then Jeff Jarrett. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the match was, was fine, did what it needed to do, got Bobby over big. And then Jeff didn't really lose any steam because he still came out during the Raven Rhino match to um, face off with Jarrett. And then he was then went into the Bound for Glory Monsters Ball match. So, yeah, uh, I thought this was a, a good showcase, certainly for Bobby Roode. Yeah, agreed. And and it didn't it didn't hurt Jeff Hardy at that point. He's still one of the hottest people in wrestling, and then uh, to only become bigger as the years went by. Like so, all for it. Um, then we move on to the NWA World Tag Team Championships with the Naturals of Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens with Jimmy Hart. Defending their tag team titles in a four-way elimination tag match with Team Canada, Eric Young, and A1. In what was supposed to be Alex Shelley and uh, Six Pack yeah. as the Candido Cup winners versus uh, AMW, Americans Wanted, James Storm, 
and the Wildcat Chris Harris, who Chris Harris was ripped. Yeah, wasn't he? But, um, uh, and we also had uh, the Candido family at ringside with Johnny Candido jumping in to uh, try and help actually in the tag match mm. and the first one eliminated, <clears throat> followed by AMW, followed by Team Canada with Naturals def- retaining their World Tag Team Championships. Great match. The Naturals were three, oh, yeah, three great tag teams in that. Yeah. The best TNA tag teams in history. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say Eric Young and A1 specifically are a great tag team, but, but the, you know, the faction of Team Canada, one of the most significant factions, certainly. I was so embarrassed at the time that Sean yeah. Waltman no-showed this show. I don't know. Again, I don't. I can't remember the specifics of why Sean Sean Waltman wasn't there, but the fact that you know Shelley and Waltman, I was so excited for them as a team, and to see them win the Candido Cup, it was just a perfect combination for me. Uh, I loved Chris Candido. You know, I I still take a lot of um, a lot of his stuff these days. Um, especially when I was a villain when I first started, um, I drew a lot of inspiration from Chris Candido. Uh, so I was really, really gutted when he unfortunately passed away. So to see the uh, Chris Candido Memorial Cup play out on TV was really cool for me. So I was just so disappointed that Sean Waltman wasn't at this show and the whole Johnny Candido thing uh, when he jumped in and got pinned straight away. I just thought, uh, this is gross. You know, Candido deserved better. Yeah. I, I, I have to agree on that. See, you know, hindsight 2020 and all that. The match was still good. And with uh, the Naturals winning, I felt that helped a little bit, given that even the influence can the influence uh, and help Candido gave to the Naturals. Yeah. So it's swings and roundabouts. It shouldn't have gone down that way. Waltman, you know, it, it, it's Sean Waltman. <laughs> it's not the first time. Probably won't be the last time. Mm. So all in all, decent, decent match for tag titles. Jimmy Hart on the outside, great. <laughs> um, then we went on to the NWA World Championship with Raven walking as champion. And defeating Rhino to leave as champion, but with, of course, without outside interference. Again, great match. Raven's rules. Raven and Rhino. Great. <laughs> it was what it was. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like they tried to recreate their classic hardcore championship match from Backlash 2001, which they didn't quite do because I don't know if you've seen their match from Backlash 01. I've seen it. Go back and watch it. It's it's like it's lightning in a bottle. No one expected to go to watch Backlash 2001 and think Raven versus Rhino would be the best match on the show. But they had a hell of a match and it just it was so surprising. The crowd got really into it. There were some awesome spots and it's probably yeah, easily one of the best hardcore title matches in WWF history. Wow. Yeah, this is your homework for this week, Craig. Okay. Uh, Raven Dust Backlash 01. Um, yeah, yeah, great, match. 
yeah yeah I, I i thought it was a really good match didn't quite um recreate that magic of 01 but still um but kind of different in its own way but similar as well um i loved raven as world champion i, I know we didn't get a long run and again it was the transition period between fox sports and spike but it's yeah. still very cool to see raven as the nwa world champion I know it's it was something that meant a lot to him as well. So yeah, cool. uh, yeah um, enjoyed the match. Really cool. Um, lots of uh, great use of weapons and a um, bit of a dog and pony show at the end with Jarrett and um, Jeff Hardy. So yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I know Raven wasn't happy about the world title not going on last. Yeah, uh, but he spoke about this publicly, and he said, "Yeah, I wasn't happy that the X Division title got put on ahead of us, you know, um, so they got bumped from the main event spot." But then he saw the main event and thought, "Yeah, that was the right decision." Yeah, let's let's get into that yeah. because if not the greatest TNA match, certainly the. Arguably one of the greatest triple threat matches. Because, I mean, Ada Styles defeats Christopher Daniels and Samojo to win the Exhibition Championship for a fifth time. I've, I've. Obviously, this match gets a lot of mainstream attention. But, see, obviously, you know, it, whatever, it's the first, one and only five star match from Meltzer. Do you think? That's the reason it gets mainstream media attention. Do you think without that, it doesn't get as much attention as it deserves? Yeah, I 100% believe that. Um, it's it's widely regarded as the best TNA match in history. Um, and a lot of that is because it's the only TNA match in history to get five stars in the Observer. Um, yeah. There's matches that have come close, four and three quarters, but they've always got AJ Styles or Samoa Joe in them. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, this match, it lives in its own sort of time vacuum. It will never not be great. No. It's, it's as close to a perfect triple threat match as you're going to get. Yes. So many great spots in it. So many spots that gets, that gets replayed over and over again. Oh, yeah. That, but, um, the, the springboard shooting star. To the floor from no. AJ it was in the opening package for years. Yeah, uh, Joe's uh, like spinning suicide dive to the outside, like, mm-hmm. rolling through suicide dive. I guess we played Daniels' moonsault, so much of it. And rightly so, great, great main event. That's why the exhibition put Tina on the map. Three of the very, very best, regardless of weight class, as it was then. That that was that was a big part in making Tina what it was. Without it, who knows how much attention Tina would have got? Exactly. You know, exhibition set TNA apart. You know, from, yeah. from every other wrestling company, and it was the right decision to put these guys in the main event. Absolutely. Completely. So on that. Um, What's 
does the, does the show still hold up in your eyes after 10 years, 10 years, 10, 13 years going by? 100% it holds up. Yeah, totally. Um, there's only a, there's three matches on there that um, that you could take them or leave them, really. It's the opener, the tag match with Kip James and Monty Brown, and uh, the four-way tag, which, you know, like I've already said, I was embarrassed about the Candido situation with Sean Waltman. Um, but every other match, absolutely fantastic and holds up to this day. I think you could definitely put it in the argument of top 10 TNA slash impact pay-per-views of all time, maybe even top five. Yeah. Yeah. Home hands up. Yep. On board with that completely. So with that, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up when this has been a podcast, but you can go check out everything we've done. Uh, Max and Jeff, every couple of Sunday night. Uh, you can go check out power rankings every Tuesday. Now, I believe. Uh, LR TNA, a new series coming very soon. Go check out everything we do. Uh, TV and chats. Anyone, anyone you want to see, just give us a shout. We'll, we want, we want, we want them on the show. If you want them on the show, let's go. Let's let's get it sorted. Um, of course, uh, Frank for your well, Thank you for the theme. Great theme as always. It's now on my phone. So, um, but yeah, you can go do the whole thing. Until next time, I've been there at my C. It's been Nixon. I'll continue to be Nixon. Goodbye, my friends.